When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Dare I utter it? Victory Monday. Two of them now for Nebraska in the 2020 season. More in store, dot, 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 question mark. We'll see as the goofers are set to get here. Uh, So far, that's still on, and we haven't heard anything to say otherwise, other than Fleck and crew decimated. Doesn't matter, man. A lot to get to with uh, Minnesota this week. A lot to review from uh, a good moment for Nebraska in West Lafayette. And you know what? You go to West Lafayette, and it's just one of those spots that uh, eerie things happen. And eerie things have happened to Nebraska players. Of course, you had the Miles Farmer injury. You had the DeMornay Pearsonell injury. There's other injuries that I'm blanking on right now, but it's just you've had really horrific losses there, right, to some not very good teams pre Brom. I think we can all say, okay, Brom may be four and eight or around that number, or he'll be around six and six. They may crawl to a, a seven win season with him, but his last uh, couple years have not been what his first two years were. But man, it always makes you nervous against Purdue because he's that good of offensive mind. He has David Bell. He has Rondale Moore. And uh, they can put up points, and they find a way to beat a couple of opponents every year that you're like, how did that happen? And you go back to week one, their comeback against Iowa. They started off leading the Big Ten. They were right there against Northwestern. And as a Nebraska fan... You saw the line on this thing, and it was kind of a coin flip game. And it could not have started any better for Nebraska, the way they jumped out, 17 rip. And uh, you get the the special teams play with Falk in the block punt. You get Mills in the end zone. And you got uh, an old form and gritty Adrian Martinez. You got a black shirt defense that said you're not running the football today. And you got a, a Nebraska group of 11 on the defensive side of the ball that did an amazing job tackling. Brandon Vogel uh, put out some some made tackle, missed tackle rates, and you're hovering around upper 70s, near 80% when it came to, to made tackles. For, and you got to have that against Rondale Moore. There's a couple of times where on, on third downs, they, they hit more. Purdue did, and he just made a quick turn, and there's five more yards after the catch. And it it was never easy, though, for Nebraska, and that's just kind of the 2020 theme, never easy. 
And there are games like that that help build you up in a season. And it's impressive to me for Nebraska not only to go get the win, win by 10, but it got pucker factor time uh, in that fourth quarter after Bell got the 89-yard touchdown reception where, where Britt, again, played the ball and the man beautifully. He got picked off by his own guy and bang, this thing that felt pretty comfortable turned into a seven-point game. Now the drive from hell and both teams would nod their head and say yes. Nebraska was able to respond, get a break on a really stupid uh, personal foul penalty on Purdue. You had a couple of screwball holding calls, a brutal call on Austin Allen with a gorgeous block that I I may have swore in front of my mother and grandmother. But the point is this, Nebraska gets a win, Nebraska gets a, a second victory And that momentum we talk about is building. You saw a great effort against Iowa. And really, and we'll hear from from, uh, Coach Frost. We'll hear from DiCaprio Buda. We'll hear from Brendan Hymas. We'll hear from Diedrich Mills. You get the sense and the feel. I mean, all those guys kind of have this stare and glare in their eyes heading into Minnesota. Part of that is remembering last year how you were thoroughly, you were publicly flogged. You were just destroyed by Minnesota. And and they ran all over you, didn't have to throw the football. They tested your manhood, and and some of the guys on the team last year weren't real interested in playing in 29-degree weather with a little bit of sleet. You got stomped. You got crushed, 34-7. to Guys didn't make plays. That is stuck with this team and Diedrich Mills, Mills said it best that this team is hungry. They, they have a real chance to take care of business Saturday, see who they get, if it is a Michigan or a Rutgers. I mean, Michigan's loaded with talent, but they're really in no position to really give a damn right now. Who knows where Harbaugh is going to be? So Nebraska has a chance to, to make you feel better about their direction. It just was really a, a, a tough start. And you're always going to have that Illinois moment on the schedule. But big picture, if they if they take that awful medicine the right way, a letdown game that turns into a loss may not happen. Uh, Nebraska is still a long ways away from from championship aspirations, but you got to keep climbing the ladder. And that's what Saturday was. Nebraska wasn't down, wasn't deflated post-Iowa, they were more ticked off, right? We heard that last week. Well, Nebraska is an angry program. Well, there's a lot of things to be angry about, but they they channeled that appropriately, and they were locked in. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't always pretty, but I thought Nebraska made some strides. That looked, is granted, and you're not able to to wide out that, that drive where Nebraska's moving the ball deep in their own territory, and then there's a string of penalties that takes you from the 50 back to your own 30. And then you get the hookup from Purdue. Eventually, you get the field goal to make it 10 points, and then you could breathe a little easier. You can join us today, 466-3776-800-825-5865. There's still some negativity about how aesthetic Nebraska looks, all right, through four quarters of football. There's also a portion of the fan base that really doesn't care. Just get me the win and move on. 
And uh, that's kind of how I'm taken away. It, it is frustrating, I'm sure, for Nebraska fans that it can't ever be easy. But that's just where this program is. And I think, uh, Elijah, it'll help him continue to mature and not only appreciate the wins, but be locked in week to week, not just for certain benchmark games. And that, that's part of learning as a program as well, that you got to treat them all the same. And it's as boring as all get out to talk about that, but it's not wrong. And uh, Nebraska able to to put a full effort together. You got really good defense. You got you had a punt blocked, and that was on the punter. But uh, overall, your special teams did enough. They were good in the field goal game. Kickoff return still can wear you out a little bit, but you got the blocked punt. You started fast because of special teams. And then offensively, uh, Mills helped the run game, but Adrian looked really good. Yeah, I, I was going to go talk about Mills because I, I think the run game on offense uh, – I don't want to say transformed, but it looks very different with Mills in it's there. More comfortable, more comfortable. He he knows how to follow the blocks. The offensive lineman, the the I don't think it's a coincidence that I felt like the offensive line was playing better in a game where Dedrick Mills was running behind them. I, I think Dedrick Mills brings out some strengths of that offensive line. I think it's also a big positive that the Huskers were able to play a Big Ten opponent and win both sides or uh, uh, the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. The offensive line beat Purdue's defensive line, and Nebraska's defensive line, dare I say, dominated Purdue's offensive line. They did. That defense, the, the numbers, and I'm sure Coach McBride's smiling. We'll talk to him in less than an hour. You had nine tackles for loss, three sacks. You didn't have to bring a fourth or fifth pressure all the time when you had Nelson and Stilly and Casey Rogers harassing the, the Purdue quarterback. Uh, and you've got a guy in Ty Robinson that's really talented as well. That defensive line, I mean, Stilly's, Stilly's playing great football right now, but the guy that I think might be, have, maybe has put his best two games together, and you think ceiling and upside, when Darian Daniels, Damian, sorry, Darian's with the Niners, when Damian Daniels is in, he had a lot of confidence after his Iowa effort. And he didn't have a good day against Illinois. They, they turned and moved him. They focused on him. Overall, Daniels, though, snacks has been really good this year. He's been able to play more snaps. But what he was able to do with a tackle for loss, he's had one of those a game, it feels like. And it really sets the tone. And while it's not uh, always happening, you're getting one a game. And the offense is rethinking about running inside. Okay. And the one thing Nebraska's really done well this year, in my opinion, is they have been fantastic and selfless selfless with that, that outside edge, whether it's Nelson, whether it's Tanner, whether it's JoJo, whether it's Decap, whether it's Cam Taylor Britt. And then you have your set your safety help with Williams and this Mute coming up. Nebraska does a hell of a job setting the edge. People don't get outside very often. And if someone does get outside, it's not a monster gain, and there's three or four red or white shirts around the football. I think Nebraska's been very, very physical on the edge. Purdue tried to run some bubble work, right? It would make sense with a guy like Bell or or um, Rondale Moore. And those guys got shoved back in. I mean, watching David Bell try and block on the edge was was laughable. 
and you could you you used to see that movie at Nebraska post Stanley Morgan, right? How many times last year did you scream expletives at your TV with Nebraska running some sort of bubble and no one making a block on the edge and it's a minus three on a first and ten? Purdue got rocked. They were not physical. They were not up to the task of being physical. As a longtime Nebraska fan, you're probably nodding your head and saying, well, it's Nebraska. Uh, Purdue shouldn't even be in Nebraska's neighborhood of physicality. Well, that's not been the case. That wasn't the case last year against Minnesota. Nebraska has not matched physicality with other teams in the Big Ten as consistently as they're supposed to, right, based on the history of reputation. But Nebraska this year, man, they are they are very, very stalwart uh, when it comes to being physical, being good on the lines of scrimmage, specifically defensively, that front seven that was a monster question mark. They have done the job, and I'm, I'm appreciative if I'm a Nebraska fan at how locked in they were, how well they tackle, and also the, the linebacker play you're getting. So uh, Adrian was big. Uh, Wandale was fantastic. Mills was key from that attitude, that bravado of being physical and being quick and getting downhill. And I thought some of Nebraska's play calling, uh, guess what? When things are executed, you don't have to, to – tar and feather your 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 play caller your offensive coordinator or your head coach because nebraska was able to see some things and for the most part it got executed the one play on fourth down that got volleyballed down awesome play call great play by the purdue defensive end but you had the run pass option to the tight end out there in the flat that could have sealed things with a touchdown versus a field goal but you know what, Nebraska Nebraska found their groove. They found their confidence. They have this team's been resilient. I think this twenty twenty group of seniors, which we'll get into, has been very resilient. But it was a really good win for them. And uh they had to hang on against Penn State and that was big, but they didn't treat it the right way going into Illinois. I'm not worried about Nebraska treating it or focusing or drilling down and, and respecting Minnesota. Uh, I, I say that now, but I do feel pretty good about Nebraska's mental approach to this week. They're, again, they're hungry. They feel good about a win. They want more of them. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Great start for Nebraska. Big-time response by Adrian Martinez. Played another solid game. And, listen, and he doesn't have to go Patrick Mahomes for me. If I'm if I'm watching this Nebraska offense, make the the right play, make the right throw, don't uh, turn it over, don't try and do too much, manage. That's fine with me. And you you got Wandale loose for his second hundred yard game, and just from an offensive standpoint, I liked seeing Nebraska with what they were able to do over the middle, and that's get Wandale on some crossing routes. That's more involvement from Betts uh, in the offense. Uh, that was good, and to me, it was the defense. Uh, they gave up a few yards, but really, Nebraska was dominant at times. Let's go to the phone lines. Pete's with us to get us kicked off. Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How are you doing today? Good. What do you know? Well, I thought the defensive coaches did a better job. They they allowed the defensive backs to come up and do some, some bump and run with uh, talented receivers, which kind of opened up the safety to play a little bit uh, more freer. Um, I really think uh, maybe everybody kind of gave up a little bit too early on Cam Jurgens. I didn't see any bad snaps. 
Uh, I thought the coaching in this game was better. Mm-hmm. I like some of the decisions, the play calling, and I thought the defensive side of the ball, the coaches did a better job in this game also. Well, when you're getting after the quarterback, Pete, nine tackles for loss, three sacks, and that happened early. That really kind of set the tone for you. And I think Cam Taylor-Britt has shown the ability to be really, really good. Well, he rose to the challenge. I think he had confidence when he did really well against Dodson, Penn State stud that lit up Ohio State. Listen, Cam Cam Taylor-Britt's playing with a lot of confidence right now. And for him to to make those plays uh, is incredible. Boodle had another nice game. No, Nebraska's secondary was big, but they got help from the defensive line. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Yeah. It was a, a nice effort. I can't believe we made it through almost that entire first segment without talking about Cam Taylor Britt because his development this season, where he started the year, he was good. But right now, he looks like the best player on that defense. We were going to get there. I promise. There's just a lot of positives to talk about on a victory Monday. Cam Taylor Britt is playing high-level football. He got to keep after it. Jay Moore, his thoughts next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Victory Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's bring in Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Part of Big Red Wrap-Up and his podcast, More To It. Jay Moore is with us. Jay Bird, how's your Monday going, man? It is It is good. It's, I can't complain. The weather's great. Um, played a few golf holes a day, taking advantage of the weather. So, all in all, I'll, I'll take it. You'll take it. Nebraska fans will take Saturday. And it's never easy. It looked good. It felt good. And then, oh, damn, it's a seven-point game with about 11 minutes left. <laughs> were you teetering or were you confident that this would be okay? This movie would have a different ending for Nebraska. You know, I, I obviously it got started off very, very well. And then, you know, Nebraska gets the fourth down stop late in the second half, and then they get the ball back, and they get the block punt, and, you know, and then they get – you know, three points, I go, oh, man, you watch. <laughs> that three points is going to come back to burn us. Just watch. And then we come out, we, we get going again, and then, you know, it just it seemed like Purdue never was really there. They were hanging in there, and we were just kind of, you know, kind of hanging back and, you know, avoiding some blows, and they get that big one to Bell. And I'm like, uh-oh. That's when I go, uh-oh, here we just got to make it difficult, don't we? We just got to make it tough, but – Defense steps up big. Uh, Cam Taylor Brett makes some big stop, you know, big uh, PBUs, and you know, offense gets gets some first downs there and gets some, you know, a late field goal to help seal the deal. And you know, winning isn't easy, and it has obviously been easy for us, you know, last few years. So a win's a win. You know, there's there's some things that obviously you can always do better, but you know, I'm I'm happy with it. This is this has been a strange year. You know, Purdue's dealing with their own things, but they had a healthy Rondell Moore. He had a healthy David Bell. And you, you, you know, other than that big play that David Bell got, you know, you, you shut him down pretty much. And, you know, you're, I'm happy with it. It's, it's a win, and I'm just trying to, you know, hopefully everything goes well, fingers crossed, that we're able to play for, or Minnesota on Saturday. And you finish, you hopefully you can finish 3-4, and four, and you get that crossover game, and you can finish 4-4. Four and four. Then we'll see what happens with the bowl season. And then, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to get momentum going. I'm looking at momentum and finishing this thing strong after a very awkward and disappointing start to 2020. 
Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, I think the defense played great on Saturday, but I want to talk a little about the offense uh, because I'd consider that their their best offensive output of the season. I know Penn State game's also up there, but uh, this this game just felt a little bit different. And I think part of that is Adrian Martinez and his ability to, to turn around this season after the slow start. He's come on so strong in the last two games. What, what do you make of how he has been able to turn this season around? Yeah, I, he's been good. I mean, I don't ever, I don't know if he's ever been bad. I think we overreacted to the performance against Northwestern. I, I mean, you got to give credit to Northwestern now because they're a really good defense, and you know they're gonna they're gonna play for the Big Ten title here in a, in, a, in a few weeks. So we we react to that in in inability to, to to score the red zone against Northwestern. You know, I think. You know, you look at the Purdue game, and obviously uh, Luke comes out and plays well on that one. But, you know, I don't know if AJ has really, you know, struggled by any means. We just tried to do something else. We just tried to give Luke a, a shot to give this offense a jolt. And he gave him a jolt for a game. But I've always said, I mean, Adrian has been the guy to make this thing go. And I've, I've been, you know, happy with what he's been able to do. It's just, I don't, you know, at times. You know, he hasn't got the help up front with whether it's a snapping issue or, or O-line blocking issue. So, uh, But, you know, in, in today's day and age where kids are ultra-sensitive and, you know, if you're not, you know, starting me or whatever, you know, it's, it's, we deal with kids nowadays that, hey, I'm, t- I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home, which means I'm going to go and transfer if I'm not getting my opportunity. And, and Adrian didn't do that, and he, he easily could have said, you know, you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, I don't need. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't need this. I, I can go and you know this year doesn't really count anyways. I can go ahead and transfer to somewhere else and you know have a couple other years to play. And he didn't do that. And he, and he like I see, he was really a play away from 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 coming back and bouncing back and and being the man. You know, and he played a damn good football game. I mean that 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 run he got in the first quarter that uh, you know off of a. You know, a broken protection. He just—he looks like he was about to get sacked, and then breaks a couple tackles and scores. I mean, that's that's big time football. And he makes some big time throws. And he got finally got clean snaps for one game. And look what happens. He got some decent protection. Boom. You know, he can be a pretty good quarterback when you get some decent protection and clean snaps. It's just funny how that happens. So I, I, you know, hats off to him. It's a lot of lot of lot of kids nowadays would have would have taken their ball and gone home or cried to mom and dad, but he didn't. He stuck his he he stayed with it and uh I think uh you know, I'm glad he's on our side, that's for sure. Jay Moore's with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, big red wrap up, uh, more to it, his podcast at J Moore forty four on Twitter. Jay, uh, a thought, let's go back to the defensive side of the ball and uh, your assessment of the front seven. I know what the stats say, but Nebraska uh, really was was very physical, and and I don't know that Purdue wanted a whole lot of of Nebraska, but speak specifically to the defensive line and what they did Saturday. They played well. I mean, listen, I mean Purdue doesn't run the ball well, but you still hold them negative two yards rushing. But the biggest thing for me was getting their the front, well, three or four, mm-hmm. but times they they were able to get home with the three guys. You know, I thought Ben Stilley played one of his best games. I thought Garrett Nelson. Finally showed up. You know, he probably had one of his arguably one of his better games versus the passer since he's you know, has, has been his second year. So that's the biggest thing because when you have two dudes, you know, and, and Rondell Moore and and um, and Bell, 
got to you got to get some focus on them, and and you need some guys in the back end. So you need some linebackers to jam some guys up and and get them off the route, get them off the timing. So you have to rely on some guys up front to to rush, and they were getting home with three and and four at times, which is which is awesome, which is what you want. So hats off to those guys. You know they 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 got pressure, they hung in there, and you know they didn't have any you know silly penalties or anything like that. So they the the, the front you know three guys or four guys, whatever you want to call them. I thought they played you know really really well. I did. It, you know, it, it was just a matter of time. They've 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 done a lot of good things this year, and and then you know when you needed a stop or a play, they they, they came up big to to make some stops. So happy for them, and you know happy for you know with Coach you know, Tuioti and, and Coach Dawson and those guys. They put in the work, and uh, happy to see the you know the fruits of their labor finally kind of come to the table. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, about uh, four minutes or so. Left in this segment, I want to get your take on Nebraska's 2020 seniors, and they could be super seniors, which means they're back for mm-hmm. another year. But overall, what what type of example have they set moving forward for this program? I know that was a topic of conversation today at the presser. Well, you you know you're you're brought in by you know another staff and. You get you get coaching changes, and that's hard. I was I was a part of a coaching change, and it's tough. You you know you you commit to a staff and a program, and you're told it's going to be one way, and then things are things happen and things get changed, and you know it's it is what it is. It's just college football. It's a big business, and it hasn't been easy for them. It, it hasn't, and the guys that have, that have stuck stuck here and stayed and and you know put it out there. It's you know, it's it like I, I in today's like I said with Adrian in today's day and age, it's just you just see kids when the going gets tough. You you kind of say, oh, I'm gonna go, tr- you know, try something else, or uh, I'll transfer somewhere else, or I'll who knows? You know, it just seems like they always find an excuse to do something else. And they stuck with it. You know, the Hymuses, the uh, Cam Taylor, Brett, uh, Dante Williams. Those, you know, there's there's some really good guys who played some some Ben Stillies. You know, those a lot of those guys have played great football and. You know they've they've endured some stuff, and if they you know want to come back, they sure can. But if they want to you know obviously pursue the NFL or or whatever or business stuff afterwards, you know. But they've they've been to the grind. They've been they've been through you know the meat grinder here the last you know for their career, and it's been tough. But they've stuck with it, and you know hopefully this season can end out strong for them. And if they want to come back and and give it another whirl in 2021, they sure can. But they've. I, I hope this. Hope this year ends out, you know, really positive for them because this has obviously been a crazy year. But happy, happy for them, and, and that they've stuck it out. And they're able, you know, they're able to play football this year. Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, about two minutes left, uh, and I just want to ask about the slow starts to the seasons that the Huskers have had. This feels like the third straight year uh, under Frost where Nebraska has started the year slow and gotten things kicking uh, a little bit later in the year. Is that more a result? Of just how young Scott Frost teams have been, and in, in the 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 project he's had to build during his time here, uh, or, or is it more indicative of just how his teams are, are going to play, and maybe just how long install takes on his offense and things like that? What, what what do you think is more the culprit for these slow starts to the season? Yeah, I think uh, I think being young has definitely something to do with it. They are they're still a very young football team, and obviously need to get older. And Scott's alluded to that, but I think it's just just being young. And they just, I mean, they just had some crazy, 
issues. You know, you start off, you know, when his first year here, you get a game canceled, you know, or in his, in his first game at home. And then, you know, the next, you know, next last year you have, you know, Adrian has some injury issues and you have, you know, you're playing a young center and you have the snapping issues. You know, it's just a little bit of everything, you know, and, and then obviously this, this year is just, you could think about 15 different things, I think, in 2020, and you could blame it on and for, for slow starts. But I, I do think, you know, you made a good point that with, with being young, that that's, that's hard. That's, that's, that's really, really hard. And they're, you know, you're just going to expose everything. And you're learning, you're learning the process, you're learning the steps, you're learning playing on the road, playing at home, playing with fans, playing with no fans, playing. <laughs> there's, just, there's just a lot of things you're, you're dealing with now. And, and, and being young, it's hard. But they're, they're, they're working their way through it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully this is, you know, maybe the last year you're going to start seeing some of these slow starts and things to kind of get cooking and, and rolling. But, you know, everyone's hanging in here right now. And I'm just, you know, I'm hoping they have, you know, realistically – three football games ahead of them to finish out and, and gain some more confidence and get those young guys some more reps and get them some, some you know, more confidence and finish this thing out strong. Let's go to a bowl game. That'd be kind of cool. Mm, that would be sweet, wouldn't it? It'd be a road trip, man. Go to some place mm. that's sunny and sandy and, well, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll leave know, it maybe there. Maybe in the state of Florida. Yeah, Florida, Florida, Florida or Florida, Texas. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be yeah. all right. That'd be great. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pay for the gas, Bird. Um <laughs> I'm flying. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Jay's like, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Bird, I can't wait to hear the podcast. More to it. It's posted on the Herd Ad Media Network, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Jay, we'll, we'll see you on Friday at Piedmontese, bud. You got it. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. There he is. Jay Moore with us on Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Open phones here till 5. Charlie McBride coming up. We'll hear from Greg Smith on a gain and a loss on Nebraska's 2020 recruiting class. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Jay Moore. His take on Purdue's game in Nebraska's win Saturday. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. Five eight six five. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity dot com. Follow us. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So some good stuff today from Coach Frost, uh, DiCaprio Boodle, Diedrich Mills, Brandon Hymas. I mean, it was Senior Day, and uh, we will get into probably later on in the week who's likely to come back, who you want to come back and who won't be coming back. And I don't know if if Hymas is a guy you'll, you'll have back. I think you could really get a bump if you're Nebraska with, uh, and we'll see where Colin Miller's at with his health. But I'd, if I'm Nebraska, I'd love, I'd love Honus back. And I think with Decap, give the dude a sixth year, the way him and Cam are, are playing at the corner, and even Nebraska's safeties be honest with you, I don't think that the safeties will come back. But they're playing really good football, and they've played really well getting downhill and helping in the run game this year. So uh, when it comes to Scott Frost and, you know, why why is his team playing like they are in their energy level? Why why were they so 
locked in on Saturday and moving forward? You know, where's where's the mindset of this football team? I think we have more guys on the team now that love football. That certainly helps. I think we got guys that care about each other more. They still feel like they're uh, having fun playing and have something to prove. So that that helps. And Elijah, with with this team, they've been through so many ups and downs, and it's it's been an issue. You look at 2018, you start out 0-6. You get the expectations and the number by your name in 2019, and, and you finish 5-7 and seven. on top of some of these guys like a JoJo and a Decap and, and a Hymas, really three guys from that 17 class. that They've been through the ups and downs with the coaching transition that's more and more normal in college football, but it's still never easy to go through. But they have been pretty resilient. On one hand, you're like, Okay, you guys haven't won a lot. Can you handle success? No is the answer after Penn State going in to the Illinois game. But the way that they've at least talked on a Monday, again, talk is cheap, right? The way that they feel and look focused, they still got to go do it. But I, I think they've learned their lesson. That's one of those evils where how does a senior class let let that happen, right? How do you just absolutely bleep the bed against Illinois after beating Penn State? But I guess what showed me some character with this team, not only that they're, there's still a, a number of seniors on the team, but the fact that the, the way they came out against Iowa, and then after another, let's get kicked in the junk ball game against Iowa, the way they prepared and came back for Purdue. So they're going about it the right way. They finally got the payoff and the result on Saturday. And I think they'll also remember three weeks ago with how they didn't do things Monday through Friday, and it bit them on Saturday. I think this football team's had to, had to learn some, some tough, hard lessons. But that's just, that's just how this team is. And I think you're going to see them really in a pretty good uh, gas tank level when they hit this finish line. I think there's plenty in the tank for this team in 2020. I mean, just aside from the different types of players into the program uh, compared to the Mike Riley years, I think the biggest difference is what Scott said in that comment was they're recruiting guys who love the game of football. There was a, a Hale Varsity magazine issue. I think it was the recruiting issue mm-hmm. uh, back in February. The title was Finding Guys Who Love Football. That's, uh, that, that's the MO for Scott Frost. And I think that's the key because whenever you have a team that's going to lose you know, over half their games for three consecutive years. The guys who love football, it's going to make them better. It's going to build character. The guys who don't love football it might turn them into losers. Right. I mean, what's what's your motivation? What's your attitude? How are you handling yourself? Are you getting better? Are you pouting? I mean, different types of reactions to adversity, right? Let's go to cut six here from Frost on that topic of responding after a win. You, you got to learn from a win and learn from a loss. I, I've really seen our habits and a lot of things around the building get better the last uh, couple weeks. Coming off a win, you got to double down on that, do even more of it. Make sure you're focused. Focus is good. Your practice habits are good. Your effort's good. And I expect the guys to, to respond well this week. When it comes to that response, part of that response has been led by these seniors in 2020. And this is more from Scott Frost here on describing this senior class. They're tough and they're resilient. I'd probably pick those two. 
they've been through a whole heck of a lot and um, really starting to see growth on our football team. I've been seeing it for a while. It's starting to, to show up on the field, and those guys spearhead that. So it, it's a tough group. It is. Your quarterback's extremely mentally tough. And Adrian Martinez, he was ready to go, looked good. He's looked great the last two weeks after either getting benched and having to split time or really have his role limited. He's come back to reclaim. He's looked very sharp on just some some simple make-the-play throws, right? I mean, Nebraska's offense, when you're getting edge-blocking, and you look at the touchdown inside the red zone, they, they called that play last year, and it blew up on them, and this state screamed about it because you didn't have any edge blocking. Well, you had numbers. It was the old Oklahoma drill, and uh, you had Lever uh, walk into the end zone with that little bubble pass, and it was great. You had two dudes on the edge blocking, and you had a, an untouched wideout, in a stack formation, stroll into the end zone. You can run staples of this offense if you get the execution. And Nebraska has been able to, to do that here as the season's gone on. Just quickly on that play, it helps that Purdue only had two guys. No, I know they had, they had the numbers. <laughs> they, they were late in getting over there. Mm-hmm. But the point of it is, is you had Falk and uh, another dude out there leading the way. Uh, I, I believe it was vocal. Like, I remember watching that play live and saying, they got two covering three. It's the only time I've ever watched this offense and prayed for a bubble or a screen pass of some sort. Throw it to the right! <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's an Oklahoma drill. Yep. <laughs> Your job is to get off of two blocks and go tackle the ball player. Uh, more thoughts here from Scott Frost uh, on Adrian. And, and Adrian has, has been fantastic. This is how you hope a kid would respond but it's certainly not the norm how kids respond. The rebound is impressive. Really, Sam, I saw that improvement from both quarterbacks. Uh, when I told them it was a competition going into Iowa game, both of them had exceptional weeks of practice that week. We played both of them. Our plan was to play both, and uh, the same this week. Um, I think they've just been practicing better. We've been completing more balls, getting them off on time, making better decisions, and that's translated to the field. I don't know if what happened uh, – was a motivation. I know uh, in my college career, had a couple negative things happen, and I used that as a, a motivation, had a chip on my shoulder. So I, I don't really know if that's it or if uh, some success has led to more confidence. But either way, both guys are practicing better and uh, playing better on the field. Listen, you almost beat Iowa. You, you do take down Purdue. Dare I say this team's getting better. They've looked better the last two weeks, and three out of the four weeks they've looked pretty good. We'll wind down. Hour one, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. What final time this hour? It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. So my mind is already thinking towards grilling tonight. It's mid-50s right now. I don't know that I'll have a lot of sunshine or any to deal with, but it'll be warm outside. So do I grill or do I go elsewhere with that? I don't know. I'm already thinking food here and it's not even five. (laughs) I know what I've got to drink, all right? But Hmm. the food part of things. Well, are you going to be watching Monday Night Football tonight? Well, there's two. There's two games tonight. I think the Steelers are already playing right now. Are they? Have they kicked off? I believe. Are you so. Are you going to bring up the steak and a beer bet with your donks? I was hoping we were going to get into that here. <laughs> right, right, and we'll we'll do it now versus later. Denver played a good ball game last night. They they had really good red zone defense. I'm 
as a fantasy owner that has that has a three point lead, I, I really needed Tariq Hill's touchdown to stand. That was unfortunate. That was horrific. Yeah, that was one that as a Broncos fan I just laughed at. Yeah, who? The rest of Twitter melted down, but no, I mean Locke makes some stupid decisions, but overall, I mean I think you guys got some 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 ball players. There's talent. Melvin there. Gordon looked like he was playing somebody in red and white. Yeah, I, I was frustrated that the Broncos got away from their run game in the fourth quarter, and I was really frustrated they didn't go for it on that fourth and three at midfield. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Well, the thing with Locke is he just needs to do the simple, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean his bootlegs, his throws, he's he's pretty accurate. But he, he forced a couple, and the Honey Badger was right there to uh, go Matumbo on him. Yeah, before that last drive, I even sat there and I said, oh, well, uh, Drew Locke's going to throw an interception here. One <laughs> you, minute, no timeouts. You called it. You you had your Vegas uh, friend ready to take that phone call on an in-game uh, side bet. Well, I mean, Drew Locke forces it into double coverage on first and ten in the first quarter. Why would he not do it why, with a minute why, left in the why, fourth? Why wouldn't he do it when it matters? <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, reminder about moving in West Blue Realty. We tell you about your friends at West Blue Realty quite a bit, and they do such an amazing job when it comes to specializing in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. They can make a move painless for you, and if you uh, think about using West Blue Realty for a limited time offer. You mentioned Hale Varsity in West Blue Realty can provide up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. A couple of folks over at West Blue that will really take care of you. Tom Luby at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Give Kelly a shout as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, West Blue Realty com couple of great Nebraska guys, and uh, go see him. Make an appointment today, eleven twenty K Street, Suite two hundred. So, final question I have for you: Did we give away a jet splash on Friday? We did not. So, can we can we do that now? Let's do it. All right, let's housekeeping. Housekeeping. I screwed that up. I meant to get to the jet splash giveaway Friday. $25 gift certificate. It's going to be a gorgeous week. Not my fault for what happens uh, Friday overnight, Saturday with, with weather. It'll be Big Ten weather for you on Saturday. But we'll take Caller 5 right now for that final Jet Splash gift card. $25 Jet Splash gift card. Give Elijah a shout right now. Caller 5 466 800-825-5865. Caller 5, a $25 gift card to Jet Splash. We fumbled at the goal line on Friday from doing that. Big thanks to our friends at Jet Splash. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, up next on Hail Varsity. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you back. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is that time. Mondays with Charlie. We say hi to Mr. Blackshirt himself. 
the legend Charlie McBride. Coach, are you getting a little bit of winter weather up there, or is it pretty pleasant? We've got 55 and sunshine here. Well, that's what we're headed for. They say we're going to hit the 50s pretty soon, so that'll be something different for this time of year. But weather's been okay. As long as the wind doesn't blow, I don't care how cold it gets. No kidding, right? It's just that wind that's bad, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the same page with you there with the, the wind. and <laughs> it, it was uh, a little dreary and cloudy, but uh, you know what? The Nebraska offense and defense and special teams showed up on Saturday. Let's start off with <clears throat> Purdue. Nebraska wins 37-27. What'd you think? Well, you know, that for me, that takes the pressure off around here because they'll get a lot of you know, Indiana people. Most of them are Indiana University people, you know. But, uh, of course, they're having a great year, and they're all smiling and grinning. And, and it sometimes it makes you feel good because they don't have them very often. And, uh, <laughs> you, you let I them know the that? Last time, <laughs> <laughs> the last time I remember, John Pont was the head coach, and they did go to the Rose Bowl that year. And uh, But... You know, it's kind of it's kind of different, you know, in a in a lot of respects because uh, they haven't they haven't been around, you know, doing much in the last thirty years or so. That that's true. Uh, Indiana's and the way the the players love Coach Tom Allen was really cool. That post game as he's trying to do his interview, you've got a bunch of players. <laughs> Walking up and yeah. hugging him, and it, it was similar with Scott Frost. You had a few guys come oh, up, yeah. come up to him after the win against Purdue, where you could just see the joy. It wasn't even relief; it was just happiness that they got a win and they they played a better football game. Coach, yeah, well, that was that's that's really good to see. You know, I I think that you know everybody, you know, for some reason the game. Seems like, you know, I I don't know how to explain it, but I felt even more comfortable before the game even started for some reason. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, there. I think, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the week before and some of the things that have happened to them, you know, maybe they're getting a little tired of that and, you know, hearing the same old, same old. And a lot of times <clears throat> you use the, the fans for motivation. I mean, the negative fans. And, uh, you know, because, you know, it's a, it's it's good to feel good that you maybe you can, you know, keep them quiet for a while, <laughs> you know, because no matter what you do, we, we could win games. We still have them. That they'll be there, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> and that's why I always used to tell the players, you know, if it gets a little rough, don't worry about it. Just play for the ones that love you because, you know, they'll never let you down mm-hmm. no matter what you do. And, um so it's you know it's a lot it's a lot more fun though when you when you do win and and it is a team thing you know it's a you know both sides of the ball took part in it we scored on defense and you know with the block punt and things like that and you know that somebody made a, a point after the game that maybe that block punt was you know the indication to the whole team that hey you know. We can do it, and you know, without problem. Then I think having fun is the biggest thing, and going out and trying putting pressure on yourself, and you know, you can, you're going to make mistakes, but you know, you can 
make up for them on the next play. And if you take that idea, you know, that in your mind, you know, then it then it helps a lot because guys that can forget about what happened the play before and that usually are the guys that are successful. I want to talk about Cam Taylor Britt. He's been playing really well at corner and had a rough oh, yeah. uh, moment against Iowa last week. He came back with a vengeance this week, and he's really, Coach McBride, done a great job on some of the the best receivers that he's had to face. When I look at the the Dotson kid out of Penn State, and then Bell is really talented from from Purdue. And I know there was that big touchdown that Nebraska gave up, and that was more of Nebraska taking one another out than than Bell burn, yeah, burning exactly. somebody. But give me your thoughts on on just where you've seen Cam Taylor Britt kind of rise up and do his thing. He's settling in really well at corner. Well, if I'm not mistaken, he, he's he's a junior yet, isn't he? he is. He's got another Yes. Yeah, well he's a pro player. If he keeps going and improving like he is, that he's a good hitter, you know, I mean that's important. That's one of the things you don't see a whole lot in the NFL. Um, you know, are guys that'll you know, come up and tackle and, and come up and make you know, make a collision and, and things like that. I know when we played in a bowl game early in the game against, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I don't remember, LSU or somebody mm-hmm. like that. I, I, You know, it was, um, uh, you know, that I, you, you get a kid like Ralph Brown came up and made a big play and caused a fumble and changed the whole game, the, the complexion of the whole game. I think in Tennessee, it was Tennessee. And, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that, that, they makes a big difference. You know, I mean, it. You know, when guys see something like that, a guy out there playing like that, and I think you got some players out there that'll, I mean, that are playing every play, and um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fun to see that because I think some of the young ones don't understand, you know, that maybe I haven't played as hard as I can play even in high school and that, and 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 right now, you know, if I confronted them, I'd I'd be up and raise their hand to how many guys played as hard as they can. Hand you know, play, and you aren't going to, you know, when you really think about it, I said, really tell, you know, how many guys did, and not many guys will raise their hand, and it's really kind of interesting. It's not, you know, it's just a point that, uh, you know, and that's what that's what happens, and it's got to be every play. It can't just be one or the other. And the other thing is, is you, you can, I've never seen a game won with your mouth, have you? I mean, huh? there was a there was a lot of chirping on Saturday, wasn't there? Yeah, well, I tell you what, the best thing to do is maybe not do that because usually what happens is I always, I it always, it's never failed. It always turns around the guy that's motoring the most, <laughs> you know, with his mouth is a guy that usually screws up the next play or something or does something that. You know, and and then you think, why in the world is this guy talking when he's playing like that? So, the best way to do it is just, you know, play football and uh, forget all that stuff. Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Charlie, there are some uh, some things from the game Saturday that I think need to be improved. But for the most part, I think it's a positive takeaway uh, from that game. Uh, one of the things that we haven't gotten into is it was sort of a cold weather game for the Huskers, about thirty two degrees at kickoff out in West Lafayette. 
and the Huskers are going to have another cold weather game uh, this weekend against Minnesota, and everyone remembers how that cold weather game last <laughs> year went against Minnesota. Um, but just from your experience as a coach, uh, what do you have to tell the guys before a cold weather game? Uh, does it affect how they play? I mean, just, just how different is a cold weather game from a warm weather game? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We never said a thing about it because those kids took pride in playing in cold weather because we, you know, that's basically what, you know, our, our, you know, Nebraska was made of. I mean, it's no different up there than they, you know, Minnesota for years played inside. Now they're playing outside and it's becoming a little different. Same with Wisconsin. You know, these are cold weather guys. And, and a lot of times, even the guys from Florida and that, you know, never complained. I, you know, you're gonna. Everybody complains. I mean, it's, you know, you'd rather you'd rather play out in the sunshine anytime. I mean, so inside you're going, oh man, it's cold out here. But you know, when the ball snapped, it's not cold anymore. And um, you know, it just uh, it goes away, and 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 you kind of forget about it till you hit the sideline and you know, get something on or wrapped around you and things like that. And so, you know, I think a lot of guys take take pride in playing well in the cold. Coach, what do you think of the Nebraska defense? They've seemed to get better, and I think they've had a pretty good year. I know the Illinois game wasn't great, but it seems like this defense really coming around, and they've been very physical. Well, I think they looks like they're turning loose a little bit. You know, they're starting to get after people and they're starting to get a better pass rush and they're starting you know, move around. I don't know what their schemes are, you know. I mean, I can see ways that, you know, you can get to them even more, but, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I, I, I do see, you know, the front three kids, to me, really played well. Mm-hmm. I, I, You know, I mean, you know, the outside guys played good, but, I mean, I – Inside guys are the guys you kind of nobody really watches, and and I do. You know, I pay a lot of attention to the, especially the inside of the game rather than the outside a lot of times. And um, you know, and so those front three, four guys that are playing in there, you know, have really you know really come on. And I think that a game like that gives some confidence. And I think sometimes you know you can you can just you know turn it loose and. You know, as long as you don't second-guess yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and stop and go and, you know, say, uh-oh. Just, if, you know, if you make a mistake, make it 100 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, you know, do direct something. To right. Anything that's in front of you, you know, you'll never, you'll, you'll never fail at least, you know, playing as hard as you can. And that's what I think people are looking for. I think that, you know, at this time of the, of the game, you know, what – People want to see most is guys that are flying around and really playing hard in every play. And, you know, losing a game is one thing. You know, if you play as hard as you can, that, that's, and, and, you know, and, and lose, it's, it's still important in how you play the game, you know, it, because everything's going to come out right in the long run if you keep, you know, if you're persistent with it. What do you think of Minnesota? The game is going to be far from Minnesota's best when it comes to personnel because of the COVID, but Minnesota really drilled Nebraska last year, Coach. Well, I think that that's that's motivation. You know, that's something that the players have to look at. I, I would even think that the, the guys that didn't play last year that weren't even on the campus, some of them, 
you know, are going to take take it to you know take it to the house with that. They're going to get upset too. When they see older people that you know say, "Hey, listen, these guys last year embarrassed us," or whatever the case is, and that happens a lot in football. I mean, because a lot of times, even in the guys that played, in their minds, you know, they think, "Well, last year we stoned these guys, and it'll be the same." Well, that's good. When they think that way, <laughs> that usually rubs off in their practices and everything else. And you know, you got some guys that aren't smart enough to figure it out that they got to play harder this year than they did last year mm-hmm. and that means them in minnesota because they're going to come down here and um you know it's going to be you know a little different and even though that we don't have our fans in the stand it's still going to be different for them coach i want to get you out of here on this about two minutes but uh last week was the 28th anniversary of the coca-cola bowl where you guys got to go over Seas to play Kansas State. Do you have fond memories of the trip to Japan? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an experience besides. It's a history thing. I mean, it's something that you will never do. I mean, what, what you know, my wife and I had never Would have gone experienced that way. Yeah. anything, you know, I mean, like that. And, uh, you know, we went over there. It's a different culture. It's mm-hmm. a different you know, how they cheer in the stands and how they do things. But, you know, and we traveled, actually, the two teams traveled together. And um, and we both went on the same plane and everything else. And, uh, of course, coming back, it was a little little rough at times (laughs) because, you know, the team that lost wasn't real happy. But, you know, going over there, it was some of the players got to know each other and things like that. It was probably a good thing when you got over there it's a time difference mm-hmm. you know um myself i never went to sleep and uh, <laughs> when you do go over there it's kind of like you you get there and eat dinner and go to bed and you wake up in the morning and everything's cool you know it's mm-hmm. all uh, like nothing happened but some guys you know if you go to sleep and you come over and you have trouble sleeping and things it can be a little bit of a rough time at first we had they had tape they had they had a field taped on a baseball field. Oh wow! With with, with you know a tape you tape your ankles with. <laughs> they made a field out of that on a baseball field for us, and of course we kicked that you know just running over it and kind of destroyed that quick. But it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It it was great, and you know we had some free time to go you know down in there area where they shop and guys were able to, you know, go out and see things. One of the negative things that happened is we had a, a band from the, from another school, the completely other school came up there and they decided they were going to take some stuff home with them oh. and forgot to pay for it and got, they stopped their airplane. And I think they had, I don't know whether it was $20,000 worth of electrical equipment today. <laughs> You know that they had left with, including the the bandmaster. Oh and, no! And they, yeah, and they actually they actually um, cut their band out. Period. Rock band in that school and locked up abroad. <laughs> yeah, they just locked. Well, it was kind of a sad thing for all of us because, you know, it made the people in the United States look like. You know, look didn't look look so hot, sure. and uh, you feel kind of bad about it. But 
overall, it was really a great experience. Charlie McBride with us. Coach, we'll talk uh, next Monday. Thanks for the time today. Sure. Okay. Talk to you next week after we win again, right? That sounds good, Coach. (laughs) Okay. Bye now. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Good stuff from Charlie McBride. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Grillmaster, Podcaster, Recruiting Insider, Greg Smith at Greg Smith HV. Now, did you get out and, and fire up the grill again tonight? I'm, I'm going to do that later, I think. I'm thinking some bone-in pork chops. I may change my mind and just fire up a Lazari's. I don't know, man. It's going to be me in football tonight. Man, all of that sounds good as my stomach grumbles. Um, we are not on the grill tonight. Uh, we're doing cod in the air fryer. I'm trying something different tonight. Cod, uh, cod in the air fryer. Okay. Yeah. Do you have the Ninja air fryer? Uh, no. I think uh, Emerald, I think, is who, who made our air fryer. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, that's the life, man. We, we've, entered, we've gone out of my realm now. <laughs> expertise. See, the, the air fryer is pretty money. Uh, it's not bad at all. And it's a no. new it's a new air fryer we got. We had kind of a, a different one that we gave to the uh, brother and sister-in-law so we can go visit it. But yeah, I, I'm just hoping I've got enough propane. I, I should probably have done that earlier. But yeah, Give it a little shake. <laughs> I might. I might. I might have to. But uh, you know what, Greg? Uh, we are going to break out uh, some some Kleenex here, some tears for Nebraska fans with uh, Patrick Payton, stud out of uh, Florida, out of Miami Northwest. You know how good that high school is. Uh, he is doing the tomahawk chop today. Uh, your reaction? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick. Like, usually when guys decommit um, and kind of go through the thing about, you know, the school will remain in my top schools and all of that, they don't usually make a decision right away. Um, So it was a little bit surprising to see that. Um, New Florida State was kind of in the mix. Miami was also in the mix as well. But I think Miami's class uh, size is getting tight, or their numbers are. They've got a couple other good pass rushers in the class. Um, So he's electing to stay in Florida and go to Florida State. And as I think I've said before, like it's better to find out now if you're in Nebraska um, that he wanted to, you know, had eyes to go somewhere else. Um, but it's a tough blow either way, just because he's a really good pass rusher. He's a talented kid. It's a position of need that all programs are looking for, uh, but specifically Nebraska with what they want to do in that 3-4. Um, and he's a really good player. But like I said, better to find out now than, you know, a couple of months into his time on campus. Greg, this is a monster position of need. Nebraska needs somebody to get after the quarterback at that outside linebacker spot. You've still got plenty of career left for Caleb Tanner, plenty of career left for Garrett Nelson. Uh, you have Nico Cooper that's on the roster, Phil Darius Payne, and then also some guys uh, that are in the development stages. So Nebraska's recruited outside linebacker. But Patrick Payton seemed like a a guy that was going to be big for them. Schweitzer out of out of Los Gatos, we love talking to that kid. He's playing for oh, yeah. for for Coach Kelly now at Notre Dame, or will be. So where do you where do you see this position at? Is it panic time, or is it just more about patience and development here? Is Nebraska okay to eventually have a difference maker getting after the quarterback? 
You know, that's the interesting thing about it is I don't think that it's it's panic time uh, because, like, you you named off a bunch of guys before you get to guys like Jamari Butler and and Blaze Gunnarsson, guys like that, Um, Jamin Graham, who are in the program and and kind of in the crock pot to stay with our cooking theme, (laughs) going to get into seasoning and development, right? Um, So if you can get a guy or two from that group to hit, then you're okay long term because those guys are still really young, right? Um, I also think that it's it's interesting that what we've seen here recently from the Nebraska's pass rush and being able to affect quarterbacks when we see on Saturdays is they're finding other ways to get that done, um, whether it's how they line up, their alignment. It's not putting guys with their hand in the dirt like Garrett Nelson instead of just having him stand up on the outside. So they're doing a lot of interesting things to generate that pass rush. But yes, you do want to see that kind of pure pass rush specialist come into the program, but I don't think that it's necessarily panic time just because all the young guys that we don't know kind of what what is their future is going to hold uh, here at Nebraska if they can't turn into some of those guys. Greg, last thought here on Patrick Payton. Uh, and one thing I noticed is that he decommitted and ends up going to Florida State uh, just after the Huskers lost their last two players from the state of Florida in the most recent recruiting class. Um, do you think that that could be a part of it? And do you think that with the Huskers losing all those players, they could struggle moving forward uh, recruiting in the state of Florida after kind of showing that maybe that Florida guys aren't meant for uh, Nebraska, or at least Nebraska right now? Yeah, it's a good question because I, I think it would be hard to believe that it that losing those Florida kids didn't have some type of impact, right? Like especially with a couple of kids that went to the same high school um, that he's at. I don't think he played with Delancey and Fleming, but they did go to that high school. He transferred in, but that's also something else that you kind of see a lot of with some of those Florida guys is that they transfer and bop around uh, to different high schools, which is also also can be um, a different red flag. Not always the case, but can. Be, um, but I do think that something that the Husker staff will need to keep an eye on, uh, because all it takes is whether it's true or not, one or two kids to really say some bad things about the program and how it doesn't fit them, um, and it can really snowball on you. So Nebraska will definitely have to be aware of that. Greg Smith with us, HailVarsity.com and magazine. Follow him on Twitter at Greg Smith HV. Uh, recruiting thoughts here is Patrick uh, Payton decommitting, headed to Florida State. A uh, Florida talented outside linebacker. Let's talk about Roquan Buckley out of Michigan. Nebraska gets their defensive guy. He commits on Saturday. That's good news. Uh, Nebraska fending off some nice programs. Greg, in, in your communication with Buckley and, and his coaching staff, uh, a thought from you on on just how big a, a land this is for Nebraska, and, and also you know kind of zoom out for a moment here. Nebraska wants to take 25. Uh, do you feel like Nebraska's got a good shot as we you know near the 16th year? Where, where does the class stand, in your opinion, here, as far as what Nebraska's keeping open and maybe who for and who are some guys you think are close to maybe pulling the trigger on the Big Red that, that, are, that are still undecided? Yeah, I think with Ruquan, uh, there's a couple of things that, that get you really excited. One, he, he's an athletic kid that has versatility. Um, he's been recruited to play either offensive line or defensive line by a lot of schools. Like I know Florida State, who was in his Final Five, really liked him at offensive line. Um, I think Nebraska obviously liked him at defensive line. I think Michigan State was kind of either or. So that tells you a little bit about his athleticism, a kid that has a basketball background. Um, he's 6'6", 280, and he actually just turned 17 years old. 
So he's young for his um, for his grade as well, which is always a good sign for the future of his development. Um, he also is early enrolling, so that's another good thing uh, for Duvall and Ellis to get their hands on him. And Rukon actually told me that the reason he wanted to do that was so that he could speed up his development. But I thought it was interesting that he did not say so I could get on the field. He said so that I could learn from the guys that are already there in that defensive line room and Coach T. So I thought that all of that was, was really good. Now, as far as where Nebraska wants to go, I think that they want they can take 25. I would be surprised if they take a full 25 with this recruiting class um, because I think they'll want to save a couple of spots for the transfer portal. Um, I think there's like 170-some people in the transfer portal right now. Um, so there's going to be a lot of – and with more to come, right? So there's going to be a lot of kids looking for homes. So Nebraska will want to keep that uh, kind of fluid to have that room. But I think that the guys that they really want, uh, Tia Saveo, who we've talked about a bunch, the defensive lineman out of Las Vegas, I think they still want to take at least one defensive lineman. Uh, Wyndon Hululi is, is, is definitely has a spot if he wants it, a uh, linebacker out of Hawaii. And then I think that there's a flex spot there for either kind of a best available athlete um, like Titus, um, the wide receiver out of Hawaii, if they could pull off a flip like an Avante Dickerson uh, would definitely be a welcome addition. Um, I think that they're kind of staying flexible with those last couple of spots outside of Savea and Hulu. Greg, uh, it's still a little early to talk about the transfer portal. The season's not even over yet, but we did talk on Friday about uh, McKenzie Milton uh, and maybe getting some Nebraska interest. Are there any other guys that are in the transfer portal you think are going to get some interest from Nebraska, or do you think there's any positions uh, that the Huskers may be uh, targeting to get some instant production out of the transfer portal? Yeah, it's really about positions because the names change so much. Um, it, it's really interesting because it's going to change because, like, so does Nebraska now all of a sudden have a real need in the defensive backfield that say safety, right? Because what happens if, you know, Markel Dismuke and Deontay Williams move on after this season, but Miles Farmer was hurt in pregame? He's going to be out for a while um, based on what you hear about how badly that injury looked, you know, out off the front end. Um, so that, there's your top three safety from last year or from this current year, right? So you may need some help back there. Um, so that need changes. You always, like we were talking earlier, will take a pass rusher if one of those becomes available. How do you feel about wide receiver moving into next year, even though you feel a little bit better about it now? Like, I think the way it's set up, you can look at a number of directions. Um, so it's, it's going to stay fluid for Nebraska. Greg Smith's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine Recruiting Insider at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, a couple of minutes here, and where do you think Nebraska may look? Is it going to be transfer portal? Is it going to be JUCO? Is it going to be high school uh, when it comes to maybe that outside pass rush? We'll end, we started with it. Well, I want to end with it. Is there a preference, or is it more about just, okay, we have three options. There's three doors to look at. You know, what's, what's interesting when you said that is I had not even thought about junior college because it's been so weird um, with JUCO not playing right now, right? And with their season being They'll pushed be in back. the spring, right. Yeah, right. And so, but they will still have guys that come out in January, I assume. Like, you could still end up having that situation of guys that have been taking care of their classwork. So you never know about, like, some type of hidden gem coming out of that situation. But the good thing is, like he alluded to, Nebraska will have options and they 
they kind of give themselves some options there. So you can either go the JUCO route. Um, if you have a, a guy that comes up, uh, on the board here from the high school ranks that you really feel good about, you can take him, or you can maybe even hold a spot or two for uh, the transfer portal. I think it would make the most sense to me to go transfer portal just so you can get some um, older depth um, coming into the program because, like we said, there's a bunch of young guys there. Um, you would like to have somebody a little bit more physically developed come into the program if it's me. I would speed dial, well, not that they can, but I look at the University of Buffalo and what Coach Lance is doing up there. If he gets a, a phone call from a bigger job uh, and those guys either follow him, transfer, or look elsewhere, there's some, there's some MAC talent that could translate to the Big Ten that uh, you may want to keep your eye on. Just a thought there with, with the portal. So. Absolutely. Greg, uh, enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your football Monday. Awesome stuff on recruiting. Good stuff with Buckley. And thanks for giving us a few minutes, man. We'll be in touch. Hey, thanks as always, man. You guys have a great week. You too. Be sure to get uh, Greg's podcast with Jay Foreman on the Heard at Media Network, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And uh, that's good stuff. Some NFL thoughts, some more uh, on Nebraska-Minnesota. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hail Varsity, almost a final time. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A couple more thoughts here from some of the seniors before we get into some NFL and Elijah beating his chest with his Denver cover and staking a beer bet over me. That was just too cocky. What am I, six and two on the year now? I flip it around. Yeah. You, yeah you're two, two in a row. <laughs> you're two in a row. <laughs> you knew what I meant. No, I know. But you go with the, the, the wins and the loss column mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. But you've won two in a row. I'll take it. I will, I will give you that. Four away from evening things up. Uh-huh, that's right. So I'm still uh, uh, four T-bones ahead. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Better than six T-bones ahead. That, that is about right. Uh, a couple of thoughts here with uh, Mills, right? And we'll look at cut 16 here. The, the big thought this week is, okay, Nebraska, can you handle success? You won. You won... By 10, could have been more. Wasn't perfect on Saturday, but you're not going to run from it as a Nebraska fan. Hell, it's a road win. So now here comes Minnesota, and the feel is this. Nebraska is striving and, and, and finishing strong towards the end of the year. They're getting towards the finish line here and not, not weary at all. Minnesota, brother, they, they aren't limping. They're crawling. All right. After... The, the COVID battle they've endured. And, I mean, and, and on top of that, you've got a number of dudes that, okay, great, you're done with COVID, but you still got the 21-day punch in the face by the Big Ten. Yeah, I think it's something like 20 guys in the Minnesota team are, are going to be... 40, 40 staff, but 20-some players. Yeah. On top of the opt-outs. So we'll get to some of your calls, but let's hear real quick from, from Mills on not worrying uh, about kind of an Illinois repeat. 
No, I don't feel like I have to. We have to worry about that this week. I feel like all the guys know and it's, and, and know. I mean, they, they know what like what what we what we got going ahead and, and what what they got to deal with and what we gotta we gotta put on the field. What we gotta do every day at practice, like it's, and that's come out every day and practice like we playing in the game. You know what I mean? And I, I can honestly say like that probably the Illinois week we didn't everybody didn't prepare the right way that week. Everybody was still riding off their win. So I mean, we, and you saw. It that practice like and today I mean I me with me being back I'd never let that that'd never happen again as far as being a senior, you know what I mean? And and I and I know the rest of the seniors like D California and you know Hymans and all us like we 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 be on we be on players now. You know what I mean? Like these past few weeks it's been different. You know what I mean? It's been different at practice. Like everybody's been Catching every ball, grinding every play. People been on, been in the right positions, been in the right place they're supposed to be at the right time, and it just it just showed in the game Saturday. Good stuff from Mills, and there's more accountability. That's the best way I'll put it. And we'll hear more from Mills, but I want to get to one of our favorite listeners, man. We say hi to Artez. Artez, what do you know? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Man, we're smiling that there's a win to talk about. And I love Charlie McBride. That's my favorite coach. Well, Chuck's the best. Coach McBride, so much fun. He's been doing Mondays with Charlie for, I think, 10 years, and we're lucky to have him. But he's so on it with, with everything. Yeah. You know what? I actually uh, I shared that story he said on the radio about Roger when uh, Coach Milton was recruiting Roger, and they were all in the recruiting room, and they actually would look at the film, and uh, Milton says, no, we don't need to watch any film on Roger. We're good. And, and it was funny because Coach McBride said, well, usually we look at the film, but I guess he was already said that Roger was up here in so that's a pretty cool story. That is because the, the, there's, there's a lot of guys from the staff when John Melton, and Melton was a, was a linebacker's coach, and Melton was there with Devaney, and, and Melton was there up through the, the late 80s, I think 88 or 89, I think right before Tony Samuel or Kevin Steele, or, or maybe both arrived before John retired. But but the the thing that Charlie'd laugh about is there'd be like one or two scholarship spots left, and Tom had want to To'd want to offer an offensive guy, and Melton would just be <laughs> he'd beat To to the punch and, and right. say, "Well, we've already offered this Trev Alberts guy a scholarship coach. We we better we better honor our word." <laughs> Yeah, he, all he was was all American for you, coach. I mean. No, I know Melton. Melton's batting average was like a, a thousand percent. You know. I love it. That's awesome. But uh, a quick question. Yeah. A real quick question. If the Huskers finish four and four, will they be going bowling or not? I think so. I think if they get to four and four, when you look at bowl projections, Artez, you had Purdue as is one of the last slots. Okay. And I don't know, it's maybe the Mortgage Bowl or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know for sure. Right. But right. The, the destination I saw is if Nebraska can get a win over Purdue, you get one over Minnesota, you win out and you get to four and four. You know, you and I, you and I know darn well that the bowls are all shaved this year because of right. COVID. Right. So I think Nebraska could end up in Frisco, Texas. It'd be a Big Ten, Big 12 matchup against Kansas State or whoever falls in that K-State slot. They got rolled by Texas. So yeah. I think that's, possi- you, that's uh, possible. 
Now, as far as uh, that, that Big Ten championship week we're going to have, mm-hmm. who do we look like we're going to play? Is it going to miss me? I think those are the two, right? Because Michigan has practiced today so that as we talk Monday here, it looks like that Michigan-Ohio State still on, which would keep Rutgers and Maryland still on. So Nebraska right now, Elijah, what, three or four-way tie for either last or or sixth. Currently, Nebraska sits second to last in the Big Ten West, but a win over Minnesota would put them over Minnesota. Sure. So you'd move up, so you'd take on the fifth place team? Most likely, yeah. Who's fifth right now, Michigan? Uh, Michigan State. Ah, so okay. Sparty. Michigan's right. four, Michigan State is five. Okay. So okay. Th- those are both so good Buc- options. The Buckeyes aren't going to put 100 on Michigan like they said early in the summer. I mean, that's the next one. I think they'll put 100 on him in the first half if they can. <laughs> that's a parting, parting yeah, that's, gift that's to Jim. That's all I got, guys. I just, I'm actually driving a semi right now, but I got my earpiece in. So. But uh, I always uh, listen to you guys. But you got a great show, man. Hey, Artez, you're awesome, and thanks for checking. Can, uh, can you pull the, the horn for me? Yeah, just a second. All right. That's money. There you go, brother. Hey, that is awesome. Artez, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you. Good night, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yep. There he is. Bye. Take care. Artez Craig joining us. It's Roger's brother and uh, listens to us, streaming us, uh, ESPNLincoln.com. That's awesome. And, I, and Artez is a good dude. He's a big Husker fan, and bless him for listening as long as he has. But he's driving that semi, man, truck driver. I needed him to eat. eat. I mean, as kids, we all did that. Mm. My or, question, or, or not. I was just going to get back into this bowl game thing. Please, the, like the, the, the important game. stuff. But um, <laughs> I wonder if Nebraska Stay would win task. this. Nebraska goes to three and four. A Nebraska-Wisconsin matchup in that last week could be a lot of fun. To, I'd love to get it. that game rescheduled. I, I would love it. And, and they said there's there's flexibility built into to that week for games like that. Here's my question for you on that. Wisconsin and Minnesota is a longer rival mm-hmm. for the Axe. If you're going to reschedule, would Minnesota-Wisconsin get dibs over Minnesota? Get get dibs over Nebraska-Wisconsin? That's a good question. I, I uh, think probably. I think they would, because you're already hearing chirping about that. We got to get out. We'll wind down. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Got to give credit. Elijah Herbal always gets Mr. Garrison from South Park fame to do weather for us before we come back. There's so many comments on that guy. Uh, the guy doing the weather. I, I don't want to say too much. No, no. It sounds like Mr. Garrison from South Park, he, right? Can he you, does. Can you, can you go pull it back up a little bit? I mean, see what we're talking about. A Damon said, you know, he wasn't sure if it was Mr. Garrison or Mr. Hat. But, it, I mean, I haven't watched South Park Live for a thousand years. That's how old I am. That thing started when I was a freshman in college. You want the weather report? Do, do, you, know, you know, yes or no? Is it Mr. Garrison, right? Children? I mean, I think it is. I think it is. 
I'm weatherology meteorologist Derek Dahlman with your Capital City forecast. Clear skies are expected across the region for tonight with a low dropping to around 28. On Tuesday, plenty of sunshine, 60. That's, That's the forecast on Lincoln's ESPN. Right now, 56. <laughs> it's Mr. Garrison. Am I wrong? Can you pull up Mr. Garrison? Port for Hillary Clinton today. Yes, I know she's a turd sandwich, but you know if you, if you look past that, you know she she really has a lot to offer. I think it's I think it's very close. I think it's very what we got to do Wednesday. This is our mission. All right, we're going to do a side by side voice sample. So like, like we could do it like uh, you've seen those pitching videos uh, in the MLB where they overlay like a fastball right, with right, a curveball. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do like we can try to get him to say the same things. I think if possible. <laughs> we can like send an email to. I just want to hear one clip, another clip, more closely together. Is is that is that on the docket for Wednesday? That that's that's homework for you. I can do that. All right. Real uh, quick reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, properly seatbelts can reduce risk of injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Busy one. Tomorrow, pretty excited. Rick Pizzo, Coach Rick Kaczynski back with us. I like our sit-downs with Kaz. Win or lose Tuesdays. And then Mitch Sherman. Mitch is awesome uh, from The Athletic. He'll be with us Tuesday. Wednesday, Glenn Mason, former Gopher head coach and part of BTN, going to be with us. And uh, just got this confirmation Thursday. Tis the season to talk to the Pirate. Leach going to be with us on Thursday. So, Coach Mike Leach. And I do believe you also have the pleasure of having Will Wilson produce for you on Tuesday and Thursday. Really? I believe. Will's okay. I believe with Damon out back, of town. He's back from Arizona because mm-hmm. I know Will was down in Zona. Uh, he had somebody sign. Was that his sister's cast or somebody's cast? I saw on social media they, they signed uh, 101.5 FM. I believe friend from high school. Okay. So... Long and short of it, Will Wilson and his super gorgeous mullet going to be here on Tuesday, Thursday. Damon's in Chicago just kicking it. Yeah. In, in, a, in a lockdown. Is Chicago locked down? I don't know. I think so, but he's, he's there with his girlfriend. So. Uh-huh. so that's a good thing. I'm sure if you you're find locked, something to do in a lockdown. If, if you're locked down with your girlfriend, that's even better. <laughs> I want to get locked down with my wife. Do you? Yeah. All, all sharp objects got to be hidden. Yeah, okay, there's a stipulation. Right. It's Damon uh, Barr that's in Chicago. Will Wilson, perhaps, this week. That's Elijah Herbal. It's good to spend time with him. Big thanks to Coach McBride and Greg Smith and Jay Moore. Talk to you tomorrow at 4.